When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. <laughs> of those three, who's the heir apparent to Peter Vermees? Those three, and we get three more years of Vermees. Benny. <laughs> Not Ilya? No. Ilya is too nice. Yep, he'd be a good assistant I, coach. I can't see Ilya going, damn it, you need to move the ball faster. No, move, you know, I can't see him doing that. Was that your Spanish accent? <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was German. It's like, for me, it's German? What? There's something in the air, guys. It just feels right, doesn't it? Everything seems to be coming up, Sporting KC. We've got our grizzled veteran, the club legend, Graham Zussi, has has found himself again. He's regained his form. He remembered what he was a decade ago. The sixth seed has beaten the three seed. RSL takes down the Sounders in Seattle. We get another home game in front of the Blue Hell. And oh yeah, we've got a we've got a Mexican assassin just waiting in the shadows, ready to be unleashed. That I will not let you bring me down. I'm feeling too good right now. It's playoff week. I just I feel good. So are you all tingly there, Cody? I'm just worried about eating all that crow with all the smack I talk about Zeusy and Shelton. I know, man. Yes. I was thinking of yes. you when Shelton scored. Of course, you know. It wasn't like the greatest goal in the world. He's trying uh, you know, hard to bring me down, and he will not do it. You know, I'm, I'm not. It was a flub. It was a flub. Oh, it. I said that that's, to David. That's that's one opinion. The other opinion is it was artfully placed inside the post. It was it was hit into the ground and bounced over <laughs> into yeah yeah yeah. I'll buy that. There's a it there's works. like a four percent of the time whenever someone kicks the ball and it goes directly down. Did they mean to do it? <laughs> and that I don't think that was one of them. But Whatever you, works. You you head the ball down. You don't kick the ball down. But he was in the right place. He put it at goal, which is more than a lot of people do. He he did. 
Yes, yeah, so I'm feeling good. Uh, David and I bonded. We watched this game together. I joined him and his wife, and I was in the cauldron with him. We were right, we were right behind the goal for Susie's screamer. It was, a, it was a good game. And he, he asked me one question that, and I realized I didn't have a very good answer to it. And you, um, he was like, Where's, where does Thad normally shoot these games? And I was like, you know, I think he, I think he goes on like feeling or vibe on whatever, uh, whatever he's got that day on wherever he thinks will be the good side to shoot on. Where, so where were you at for that one? I was in the, I was on the attacking half on both halves. So nice. um, I actually kind of got lucky in the, that they didn't attack the normal direction the first half. Cause mm-hmm. I wanted to be on the cauldron in for the second half, just in case it went to PKs. Cause that's yes. where they would go. That's a good thought when you're talking about a sporting KC game, because they always <laughs> seem to go to go, go to PKs. Yeah. yeah. Winner go home games. There's a fair chance. There's a PK involved. That's right. <laughs> if you had Melia, you'd play for them too. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, if, I guess if you're RSL, you play for them too. Yes. We will talk more about that RSL game because my God, it's just an amazing, an amazing thing has happened here. And it's just more Sounders tears. And I'm going to, we're going to eat all of it up later. I will not let any of it go. Don't worry, people. But I do, I, I, I do believe the ocean rose an inch over the <laughs> last couple of days from all the Sounder tears. <laughs> yes, the Puget Sound was uh, riding high a little, I think, in the last week or so. Um, so, yes, let's talk, actually talk about, I know it's a few, few days removed now. We waited until we had a result in that last game, but I do want to talk about this game three to one over the Vancouver Whitecaps after uh, the coach's name, which I will not justify by saying it out loud was talking shit and seemingly motivated the team to a victory. Um, and yeah, Graham Zussi, I don't, I know I brushed it on at the beginning, but we, that we need a Graham Zussi appreciation hour. Let's just start the conversation there. David turned to me and said, I think about in about the third minute of that game, Oh, Susie looks good today. And he just kept, he just kept playing better. Like as the game went on. Yeah. It just, yeah. The, the entire time he looked, he looked wonderful. Honestly, I think Zeusy's looked good all year, man. Yeah. He hasn't scored a lot. He hasn't scored a screamer like that, but um, touch and passing and defense has even been pretty good. I mean, that's his weak spot back there is defense and it's been pretty decent most of the year. There's been moments, but you know, it's been moments for everybody. Oh man, it just sent chills down my spine. There was almost, it almost seemed like there was like a moment of silence after it went in of just like it, everything stood still as I was just trying to decide if this has actually happened or if I was flashing back to a decade ago. And oh my gosh, yeah, watching that net bulge right in front of us was just, was just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Graham Zuzi, I was wearing his jersey, the, the hoops jersey, the 2013 with the gold star. Oh. It was just so perfect. See, you now you have to wear that on the next game, man. Right. I will Let's be wearing it. See if he can recreate it. But you're you're asking like where I was shooting in that particular in that half. I was on if uh if you were attacking, if you were sporting attacking, I would be to the right side of the goal. So that ball went out to Zeusy. And quite honestly, there's times I won't even I won't shoot like when somebody's shooting. It depends on the position of other players and a lot of other factors. But I did pop off a couple shots when he was shooting and then i like initially again zussi doesn't make those that often <laughs> uh nobody makes shots like that that often so that's not, not criticism of zussi but i saw that and i could see the trajectory it was going so i swung to try to catch it and 
uh, it's not the best shot in the world, except that the keeper is mid air with the ball behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not the, my greatest shot in the world, but it was there. And then I swung back to him to try to catch the celebration. And the thing I loved is after the game, he goes, yeah. And after it went in, I went to celebrate with the fans. Most players celebrate. They run to a corner and do whatever they're going to do. Maybe mm-hmm. it's with the reserves, the guys warming up, maybe it's family or just stand there and look, you know, like something he ran to like the middle of the field and jumped like right to the East stand. So he did, he just, yeah, he turned and ran just in the general direction of the sideline and then ran up the sideline for his celebration. Just, yeah. To uh, enjoyed it with the whole sideline there. Yeah. It was, that was beautiful. And we can't forget that. I think, you know, the, one of the times during that game that confirmed to us, Oh, Zussi is in the zone today was he set up the, the is it the first goal yeah uh, the Shelton yeah goal. yeah that, that was the Kyrie goal yeah he not only not only did he have that the assist on it but he started the play like you said that he's been looking good on defense he made a, a perfect time to step up intercepted a pass and kept possession after the immediate challenge passed the ball off made the 60 yard run down the field and then a diving scissor kick assist like the the guy is just uh, you know what how old is he now where is he 30 man what are we at 33 34 35 he's 35 35, i think 35 i think that play frankly was more impressive than the goal i mean the goal was great absolutely it was a screamer but that the length of that run to read the pass to intercept it to go on that marauding run forward to hit the diagonal to daniel and to continue that run into the box to where he could eventually cross it, I mean, it was it was an incredible play. Truly- Each of those, I, I don't even know which one of the parts of that is my favorite. The the tackle on the one end, or the immediate way, you know, the he he won possession, and then there was another guy that challenged him for the ball immediately upon winning it. He won that one, you know, got the pass off, and then yeah, the the willingness to make that run, and then I was actually kind of watching him once he got into the box, and there was a you know, kind of a, a moment of hesitation, like where's the best place to be here? And he, you know, it was just, it gave Shallowy enough time to look up and see him over there and just pick him out and lob that ball all the way over there. And he, it wasn't the best cross, hence the sliding scissor kick. But yeah, that, then that's another part of why that play was so good. But the, the big thing for him was all the diagonals, the switches to Daniel and on his goal. That, I think that's what started but, it. It was, but all game, all night. game long, all game long. And I think, you know, Vermees gets a lot of flack for not, you know, being tactically flexible enough, let's say, but, you know, we invited Vancouver's uh, midfield and their wingbacks forward and then just exploited their center backs in space. They could, they didn't have anybody who could match Johnny and Daniel. Um and Zussi was just pinging those balls perfectly to Daniel all night long. And I think that contributed heavily to why we won. Yeah, he okay. has been doing that ball all year long. Yeah, sorry, Thad, go ahead. No, I was just I was just agreeing. He's he's right. It, that's it did contribute to it. And Vermees's tactics, not only of the long switches, which they do a lot in the regular season, but they allowed the defense to have the ball. They allowed Vancouver's defense to have the ball. They didn't high press. They kind of pulled back to more like of a mid block. And soon as soon as Vancouver's defense would go forward, then they would attack it, take it, and then go. 
And I think that's, you know, that's good spot to talk about what we were touching on before we started here of the surprising possession stats from this game, 60, 30 to Vancouver to sporting. And yeah, David and I didn't really notice that because it is kind of hard while you're getting drunk and getting rowdy in the cauldron from that angle. But uh, yeah, that wasn't something I had noticed. And yes, that I think you're exactly right. I think it was part of the game plan and it clearly worked very well. Well, and I noticed it because the game was on the other end. Since I was in the attacking half, shooting from on both halves, the game was on the other end more than much more than I'm used to. Mm. You know, usually if it's like I'm on the defensive half for sporting, I'm used to the game being on the other end, and it's a different way of shooting and thinking about what I'm doing at the time. Uh, but I was like sitting there for like, dang, come on, come on down, guys. It's really interesting looking at kind of the heat maps of of both teams of where everybody kind of ended up settling in and essentially sporting kind of vacated the center of the park. I mean, there's everything was played up along the sides um, because we didn't want to try and play through all those midfielders. Um, and, and Vancouver's got, you know, talented midfielders. Ryan Gold is really good. Russell Tiber is really good. Um, and so they kind of invited them forward, but then looking at where Vancouver ended up, once they kind of got into our attacking third, they got funneled out on the wings. They weren't able to get into dangerous spots in the middle of the pitch where they could really do a lot of damage. They ended up forcing Brian White and Christian Dahomey out, out to the wings, um, which certainly, you know, helped out Fonte and, and Izzy. Yeah, because Vancouver still had a fair amount of shots. I mean, not a lot, but six shots, four on goal, I believe. More than, more than Salt Lake City did. <laughs> yeah. That had more shots than Salt Lake City. I know. <laughs> uh, how about some – let's talk about the defense in this game because it's weird to call the defense maybe the question this year because the team has done really well and there's been plenty of shutouts. But at the same time, you know, Ilya, not a center back, was, was kind of helping us hold down the back line. And now Nicholas Isimat Marine, Issy is back and got himself a goal. And look at that. We have a guy that can do stuff and that's athletic on set pieces. Do we call that that? Yeah, sorry, David. That was that was David's joke there. After that went in, he was like, Do we call that a set piece? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, Third ball, was, fourth ball, whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, the fourth or fifth ball after one, but I'm gonna count it. <laughs> it's it's all in that run of play. It's it's yes. in that same phase of the game. Yes, and he need the ball in the rare knee goal. I always love it, and it was not. It was. It wasn't a miss hit in any way. It was that was where the ball was, and he and he did what he had to do to put it in. It did bounce around a bit there, though. Yeah, his his genuine reaction. I just I love a good genuine reaction. He was very surprised by it. He was. You can just see the, you know, he all this work that he had put in to get back on the field, and you could you could feel all of that in in, in that celebration there. So. That was a beautiful thing. I've been rooting for Issy all year long. And, you know, if he's going to be playing like that on the offensive end and him and Fonte are going to hold down the back line like that, then, yeah, this this team is going to be very hard to beat. And that's why I'm, I started this song and started this podcast chanting because, man, I can it just it really does feel like everything is going our way and I can I can just smell an MLS cup. One of one of the interesting things that after the game, uh, Vermees, I can't remember if he was asked specifically about him or just it was randomly came up, but uh, he talked about how Izzy 
if he had been healthy all year, he goes, no disrespect to Fonte, but Izzy would have been our defender of the year candidate for MLS, not Fonte. So wow. that's how much he talked about what he can do. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. I love when if Peter Vermees is getting excited about somebody, I'm going to get excited about somebody. Especially a defender. Especially a defender. Well, he, he himself is one, so I feel like he should always be getting excited about defenders now. Well, he was an attacker, too. He was on the national team as a forward, man. So. Yeah, and we can't for, we can't forget the the old style of PKs back then. He, he he's got some chops on attacking goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was just it was nice to see, you know, Graham get the goal, Shelton get the goal, Izzy get the goal. You know, yes, you always want your goal scorers to score, but it's they were nice all to feel see. good. They were it was all, all feel like good yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, hope the, let's hope the feel good continues. Yes, everybody we, you're rooting for. We limited Vancouver to really only one good look, which was the, I think it was Brian White, the header that Timmy got down and saved. And I'll, I will tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a secret about Cody Bradley, Mister. <laughs> I don't like goalies. Goalies are trees. Cody looked at me after that and was like, "Credit where credits due. That was incredible." <laughs> There's not a lot of keepers in the league who are saving that. But well, other, yes, I, a lot of good looks on goal. No, no, they did it. But I just want to point out, it's not. A, so now I have proof. It is not that I'm just a hater. I don't just, I don't, I'm not just a hater of keepers. I respect quality play. My issue is with crediting keepers when they're standing still and the ball hits them in the chest and things like that. I just, that's my issue. I appreciate good goalkeeping. And that was a fantastic save. That is a very quick guy at a position where guys are not normally that quick. And he got down there. And, uh, and made a very good save. All, all credit. I didn't hear what the television announcers said, but whatever they said, he deserved the credit on that. Yeah. Another, another way you could tell the tactics were completely different this game is Tim was kicking it long. Mm, I didn't notice that. Good job, Thad. Uh, Fonte was kicking it long, Tim, but like normally it's play out of the back, play it to – uh, center back or a, a outside back, but Tim was kicking it to midfield. Totally different tactics. They were bypassing the good pressure that Vancouver can do, bypassing that, taking it out. So, for me, again, like you said, letting them have the ball. Yeah. For me, he's hinted at that a little bit in um, earlier uh, conversations earlier this week when we were at, at Sporting at Pinnacle and just saying that, you know, you do things all year. And you set stuff up because you might, you always want to win, but you're setting stuff up for this time of year. So I think part of that was like, Hey, we never, we never do mm -hmm. anything different. We never do anything different. Of course they do, but they're always going to play out of back no matter what. And then they didn't. I'm sorry. Are you, are you saying that you have Peter Vermees dropping breadcrumbs in midweek interviews for his opponents to, to that he's, that he's just leaving Easter eggs for people to, decide what he's going to do that weekend i don't think it was for this weekend i think it was just explaining last weekend he is a he's a master manipulator that one um uh yeah yeah <laughs> if he's, i'm gonna talk i wanted to say something there but i'm, I'm gonna hold my tongue on this one for a little bit yes as that always does he instead of saying the content that he has in his head he keeps it in his head, forgetting we're on a podcast, trying to produce content. Dad, we can always edit. We can always edit. 
Uh, no, when you say we, Cody, that's Cody ha- would have to edit it, and I don't want to. So far, I have zero <laughs> marks. I- I've marked zero things for edits so far. So let's see if we can get through this segment, you guys. <laughs> Any other? Let's let's. What have we missed here from this? Who have we not talked about? Do we want to talk about our favorite Portuguese left back and the un- the the handball? The handball. I mean. What, what what's the question there was it a handball because yes it was or just like how ridiculous is it just mls are we just used to weird things happening like that in mls because i don't it just looked i don't know it just looks so weird there's a question as to why like why at all was that the play and there was a good discussion on our on our board about you know what was the point of even playing the ball because let's say he had he had successfully controlled the ball he had nowhere to go he's facing the end line and what was he going to do? Whereas he could have easily just let it bounce and run out and shield it off the attacker. Uh, so there was a questionable decision. Uh, but even, even that said, you know, and I think Martins is probably our worst player in the field. He still had a, a relatively good game. Yeah. I didn't, I don't want to just crap on Luis Martins there. Cause I, I actually, I think I pointed out to you at some point that I think he has actually done performed quite admirably this year but yeah it just it was just such an ugly play like it just I don't know it just didn't look right it didn't look like quality soccer to me for some reason but the best part of it was I was well I don't know about this is the best part I was in the bathroom I left I left for that I was in the bathroom for it and when I came back I tried to hurry back to get in to be there in time to see Timmy save it which he eventually did not but by the time I got back, everyone was still pissed off. Like in the cauldron, no one had seen what I saw in the bathroom because I could see it on TV. I could see the blatant tan <laughs> ball that it was. And so I get back and everyone is just You should think about off. how that sounded. Nobody could see what I saw in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so no one no one had the, the magical view that I had in the men's bathroom of the cauldron at that time. And they were not aware that it was a blatant handball. And so everyone was so pissed off. It was just, the world was against us. The referee hated it. That was just, it was really, it was just a huge juxtaposition from being inside the member's stand where everyone could see what happened. And then you get outside to the, the drunken Neanderthals. <laughs> well, yeah, in defense, in defense of the drunken Neanderthals. Well, I, I was one of them. I'm not hating. I was a mostly sober Neanderthal <laughs> watching it live. And that play happened right in front of where we were sitting watching it live you couldn't really tell what exactly it hit i live i thought it could have hit off the top of his shoulder which wouldn't have been a handball um and when you came back i said you know was it a handball and you said yeah obviously if you watch it on tv but i think you know it was clear cuz didn't the play, the play went to var yeah you didn't call it live yeah. so live it was tough to tell mm-hmm. um, you know and so in defense of our friends in the cauldron uh you know, it was it was very hard to see live that it was a problematic play. One once the the uh, team didn't play the replay on the scoreboard, you knew it was a problem, though. Oh, and no no defense needed. This is the beautiful thing about playoff soccer is just the level, the sheer level of desperation that everyone in the audience is just every roll of the ball is so desperate. And yes, you just that's what the playoffs are for. If every call the referee makes. He is cheating and he is against us. 
And that guy on the other team is the worst human being that you have ever seen in your life, even though he's never done anything to you. Twenty-one shots to zero shots. I will not get over this. RSL took zero shots. You guys, they took zero. Not I don't know if you heard me say shots on goal. No, no, no. They took zero <laughs> shots. This is yeah. including. I don't mean. I don't. No, 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 no. I don't mean they took a shot and it was blocked immediately and it didn't get registered as as a shot. They took zero shots and rsl won the game i love sports i love soccer and i hate the seattle sounders long of david ochoa oh when i was like when i woke up and saw what happened it went into pks and i was like my immediate first thought was i really hope they just missed the pk and that ochoa didn't doesn't get credit for the save i i I don't like him i have an issue with ochoa i don't know why i don't know if it's his face but there's just something about him, and I do not like him. I don't, maybe it's maybe it's the my you know the U23 World Cup, or uh, I'm I'm sorry the Olympic qualifying shame that we failed. And but I don't know. There's just something about him I didn't like. Now he he did sabotage the U.S. didn't he? <laughs> He's before switching to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a Mexico mole man. That's... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that's valid reason. He, yeah, he decided to not play for the U.S. anymore. I guess that's. I was forgetting that when I started my hatred of him. Restarted <laughs> my hatred of him last last night. Uh, yeah. No. This uh, guys, it's just. Is this not a beautiful thing about sports that this team did it? As David, like, tell me how. Like, how did this team accomplish this? What, like, what, what does the team do? Is this the game plan to just we're going into <laughs> Seattle and just we're just gonna piss them off we can the entire time? Yeah, I think that's exactly what they were doing. I So I watched the game. I stayed up uh, to the detriment of my sleep uh, last night. And RSL just played super compact, the 4-4-2, as low of a, of a bunker as you can get. They didn't even – they weren't trying in the first half. I think mm-hmm. said that Pablo Mastroni was just playing for a draw to half. And then they're like, yeah, and something can happen in the second half. We'll find out. You know, Seattle had uh, Rui Diaz and Lodero on the bench. Jordan Morris started. Oh, and- oh, I loved it. The the broadcast just kept showing these star players just chilling on the bench, like goofing around, just sitting on the bench. Meanwhile, Kellen, Kellen Rowe's out there running. <laughs> Superstar Kellen Rowe. Hey, he's played like every game for him, man. I know. I'm he's actually played pretty him. good for Seattle. He's I'm played pretty good for Seattle. I didn't mean and, to get on that. I just, oh my God, Kellen Rowe, Kellen Rowe. And, and in, in defense of RSL, uh, they were without Albert Rusnak, who tested positive for COVID, you know, right before the game, really. So Seattle's a much better team. And RSL played for the draw and just figured, you know, in, in PKs, anything can happen. And in PKs, anything did happen. On the second shot for Salt Lake, uh, it got saved. It was one of the worst PKs you'll ever see. Uh, I think it was Ruiz. And then Stefan Fry was off his line. You get to retake it. It was another bad PK take, but it snuck in. He was uh, he was off his line. There's no there was no uh controversy there, right? Like he was well was, off his line. He was, yeah. It was an easy call. Okay. Yeah. It not was even just, close. It's just hilarious that he did it on the on a goal that like he had absolutely no need to as well, at all. At all. Thad could have saved that one. Yeah. Maybe and then, you even know. you, Cody. 
even even the new trees in uh, my yard the <laughs> but then yeah i mean like neither neither keeper looked particularly good during this shootout uh ochoa guessed right late on um lodero but and, and got a finger on it but couldn't save it and then kellen Rowe, i guess did us a solid maybe this mm-hmm. was Ochoa was a mole for Mexico. This is a long play by Vermees where we sent Kellen Rowe to Seattle to sabotage them for us. I have a theory. I just. No, 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 no. He is a Seattle guy, man. He has the skyline of Seattle tattooed on his arm. He is a Seattle guy. So there wasn't a mole that, and it wasn't a, a deep, <laughs> a deep lying operation there by the KGB or anything. It was, he just fucked up. I just, I am I, I have no ill will towards Kellen Rowe. I'm just, no, he's a nice flabbergasted guy. that he was an integral part of this team. And when he was in Kansas City, it just looked like that, that, that guy just, he doesn't have anything left to offer MLS, is what it looked like when he was here. And he went back to New England, didn't he? Yeah. After he left here and he had nothing to offer there. And, and that he didn't went to work. Seattle. And, you know, maybe it's the, the the air the coffee the smell of fish i don't know i was watching this game wondering why why i was worried about seattle all year kellen rose out there running around man (laughs) and then and then it was just i i was like there's no way like watching the pks i was like all right there's no way he's one of these he 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 took a pk and then it keeps i didn't know that it went into six i then i so i saw him i saw go through the first five and i was like i was like oh man and it continues, and he comes out as number six. And I was like, oh, there's no way. Oh, Kellen Rowe is the one that misses this 100%. And, of course, he did. And I just – yeah, it just blows my mind that – and, I, I, you know, I was talking about earlier, you know, if Vermees gets excited about a player, then I'm going to get excited. And, you know, you can question we, – we do try to question some on-field tactics from Vermees, but the eye for talent – his ability to get the most out of certain players. There's just, I feel like we're very lucky to, uh, to, to have him on our team. We've built this roster that, that is missing a star $10 million player. And it looks like they're a con without that. It looks like they're a, one of the top contenders for MLS cup. The one of the guys that they sent up there, Seattle sent up to take a penalty was I'm not going to try to say his name totally right. So I'm, I'm time outing on the, the fine jar, yeah, but he's bailing Sissoka? out. Sissoka? Sissoka? Sissoka. Sissoka. Yeah. 21 no, years no, no. old and a defender. That's yeah. not the guy you normally send up in your first five to take a penalty. Yeah. I mean, do they not trust those like superstar scorer attackers? I will say the penalties were very well taken. Those, the yeah. first he, 10 and he were, took a good one. Yeah. It was just, is a surprise that he was one of the ones that went up there. Well, they sent Rui Diaz first, and I think – and Lodero was kind of the anchor. Uh, but Jao Paulo took one. Uh, frankly, Alex Roldan, and I hate – I'm trying not to throw up as I praise Seattle. Alex Roldan had an incredible take. Right after Demir Kralik, they both went upper mm-hmm. nine. They were yeah. hammered into the top corner. They were yeah. great, great strikes. Someone uh, – a nameless player because it's RSL. I don't know if it's just RSL. Uh, a nameless player that someone had the best PK of all of them. I think though, someone just rolled it, rolled it into the post and the keeper fry went the right direction. And it was still just had absolutely no chance that that right there is my favorite PK. It is an unstoppable. You can, 
the keeper can guess the right direction, but if you put it in the right spot that you want to, it's still un, unstoppable. And yeah, that was, that was the best looking one for me. So, and, and again, it's hard. Uh, like you said, you don't want to give Seattle too much credit. I don't either, but then I also don't want to give RSL too much credit either. Well, the, the most terrifying moment of the game was after, after Kellen Rowe had missed and Justin Glad, who at one point was a real special talent and he's now just kind of fine, yeah, goes up to take his PK and he, he hits the post and it rolls across the goal line to hit the other post and it goes in. And I'm watching it live and all I can think of is the double doink. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I just kept waiting for that ball to spin out and Seattle to win this, this shootout. Yeah, it was a double doink to win it. It just went on the correct side of the post. It had just the right spin, too, because if it, if it had a little mm-hmm. bit different spin, it was coming the other way. So now I've forgotten his name. The guy we just mentioned that was out, the COVID list guy. Resnick. Albert uh, Rusnak. Rusnak, yes. It's a short turnaround for RSL because MLS doesn't know how to schedule things, and we get some few extra days rest there. So RSL on short rest, is Rich not going to be back? Is he still going through protocol? I don't know. I don't even know what the MLS COVID protocol time frame is. Does anyone, does anyone know anything about in the inner workings of Major League Soccer? Yes, but no. The problem is it keeps changing. Like the, the protocols change. So at one point, if you tested positive, you were gone for two weeks and then you had to go through a battery of tests and practice on your own and stuff like that. And then it keeps getting shortened, but that's the way it was with everything. Like even my daughter's high school there, they just recently changed the quarantine and all type rules that if they do this, but then they come back, then they have to wear a mask for a week or something so i don't know what the rules are and i don't I think it does i think you just came up with a new slogan for major league soccer no but yes <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty applicable man i you know a week turnaround would be pretty quick um i would anticipate that he's not going to play that he's not going to be able to play it, a lot would depend on when it was actually tested positive we found right. out the day of the game but the morning when, because uh, that was Tuesday morning, we were t- at sporting and Ilya said, I know that some players on some teams around the league have been, have tested positive. So he was referring to active teams at that point, And I'm pretty sure he was referring to Ruzneck. Huh. Okay. Uh, so they knew. Well, so it'd be nice if he's out. That would be very nice. If it had been maybe three days before that and they just announced it that day, you know, playing gamesmanship with with Seattle, not letting Seattle know that he wasn't going to be there, who knows? So the question remains. We ask again the same question that we've been asking for two months now. Is Alan Polito. Do we need him to start? Do we want him to start? Does he wait in the shadows and come on in the 70th I think minute? last week everybody said he was starting except one person that was we, me. <laughs> I can't uh, – um, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't yeah, remember yeah. who it was. Somebody might have been saying that. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yeah, I can't remember. It's sure. not really important. It was Cindy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was definitely, it was definitely Cindy. To answer your question, do we need Polito to start? Maybe not. 
do we want him to start? I think so. Um, if last night was any indication, RSL is going to try and bunker and they're going to play for that one counter if they can, or they're going to, you know, play for the non PK handball bullshit <laughs> in the box. Like they did this past time. Uh, I, I think we saw the exact game plan. I don't know why they would change a single thing if it worked. Right. So I think it would be, it'd be beneficial to have Polito in there, uh, but maybe Kyrie will score another banger. That's right. A banger. Maybe. Or Maybe the other, the other guys filled in, we had the role players, the grizzled veterans showed up in, in game one. And then, and then now the stars come out in the, in the next few matches here, Shallowy gets one. Russell gets a brace. That's how I see this going. Yeah. And normally if you have a team that's bunkering and you score on them and say the first 20 minutes, you start to like, they're going to start to pull out a little bit because they're going to start to want to play the game to make that goal up, especially in a, a, a win or go home kind of situation. But I think RSL would stay bunkered until the 85th minute. Like literally they would just stay bunkered until the very last minute and then attack, which is kind of what they did when they were here last time. Yeah, I they they will most likely do that. And I think yes, you so last week you're right, every single person on here except for uh I can't quite remember who, maybe Cindy. Um Me. wanted oh yeah, I, I'm sorry I can't hear you, Thad. Your mic must be off. Um <laughs> everyone thought Polito was gonna start, and of course he did not. But I I've uh, I've changed my tune on that. I don't know. After, after how well everything worked in that first one and this, well, but see, now I'm second guessing it. I think the thing that worked the, the most in this one was, like you said, the, just a complete change in tactics that we're no longer going to build out from the back. We're fine with you playing with the ball. Yep. And I think that's what, what you know, might have been the most successful there. So that being said, you know, he can come out and surprise them on, you know, on this one as well. But it's just, you know, you got to think it would be hard to, to switch things up the way things are going. The back line will obviously remain the same. You can't get Graham Zussi off the field. Issy's got to stay on there. And, you know, I don't, I, I, not that there's, you know, there's no magic person you can bring in in the midfield. I don't think Jose Maury is going to necessarily step up the play in the midfield to a new level. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, I think that's going to be the, the, the lineup again. And then you can bring on Polito, like I said, bring him out of the shadows and he can, you know, whip on, whip on his cape there in the 75th minute. Hopefully we, you know, only, hopefully we don't need a goal, but he, his fresh legs can come on and shore things up. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, Peter alluded to that he would have played, no, he didn't allude to, he said he would, he was bringing him in at half, but because they were up, they, he didn't. And then he could have brought him in at, you know, 30 minutes left, but things were looking good. And so why risk him? Uh, the last two times that we've been able to go to practice, he's been practicing. He's looked good. Uh, I mean, he was like, he knocked a goal back like three inches by hitting a post on one of them. And it was so powerful shot. It was, it rebounded like to the other goal. It was, uh, but he's, he's looked good in that little bit of time that we've been able to see him. So I think he's ready to play again, practice versus, you know, practice scrimmages versus real game, big difference, but I would expect there's a, there's more chance that he starts this game than last game for sure, because he's had more time. 
but I would not be surprised if he's a halftime sub, especially if it's 0-0 or down one after they've had a chance to see how they're playing and who's exactly out there and maybe change it, you know, do something very specific for it. Well, you know, my, my thing has been with him has been the, we need the best player to be the best player. And I, I think he does have the skill level to come in and make an impact and he doesn't need to be babied and, you know, slowly make his way back in order to be successful in MLS. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident he could come in and, and do that. I'm just very eager. And, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I'm like, not necessarily like calling him out for it, but it's like, you know, I'm very, this is, this is his time. This is what we got him for. You know, these are the moments he didn't get the chance to do that last year because he didn't play in the game that we lost, but the, you know, this is it. This is what he's here if he, for. If he scores the winning goal in MLS cup, all is forgiven no matter what, right? Literally, literally, if he, I mean, if he does that, that one goal is worth the $10 million. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm not saying he won't start. I'm not, I'm not, wishing one way or the other because i would love to you know i don't have the medical report on his knee and all that stuff but he's looked good in practice there's much more chance that he'll start this game than last i would not be surprised if he doesn't start though and come in at half uh depending on the game situation because why risk a guy who just who still is you know what a month and a half from knee surgery two months maybe whatever it is now so are you guys are you guys feeling it like i am too is there is there something in the air am i the only one that feels like this you guys, do you guys smell it? <laughs> I think there's good. Good, yeah. Oh okay, no, you David. No, oh, I, no, this is not. I a feel good. good. Sign. I feel real good. Uh, see, Salt Lake is not good. They're a bad team. They're like by every metric, not a good team. They were so bad that their coach quit to become an assistant coach at another MLS club. He didn't like go to the. Which had to be motivation. Had to be some motivation. Oh, I'm sure it was, but you know, it's not like he gave up his great job as a head coach of an MLS to go, squad to go coach a Champions League team as an assistant. He quit to go to Seattle as an assistant. Things aren't great there. Um, they have some nice players, you know, Rusnak and Krylock are really nice. Aaron Herrera is a perfectly fine, you know, fullback. They're not good. We should and, beat them. And they're only in the playoffs because of a, a handball, blatant handball that was not called. Now, all that said, they've beat us twice this year, home and away. So, are we Hold playing? On. That that jumped jumped towards his microphone to refute me on that statement. Did they're in the playoffs because that handball was not called? That I didn't refute that. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm... Okay. You're right. He, I thought you furrowed your brow and were jumping over to say something. All right, David. So, what do you say? Are we doing this again? Are we? We're going. Uh, we're going again on Sunday. Hell yeah! What about you're a family man now? Are we tailgating? You got time to tailgate? I got some people tailgating. It's an it's an early game, right? I have no idea. What time <laughs> do I need to? <laughs> two p.m. Okay. Okay, and it is on Sunday. Okay, yes, two p.m. Sunday. I can. And weather that. looks decent, like high of fifty-two or something like that. Last time I looked. Beautiful. I don't even need a bundle. So that's a breakfast tailgate. Are you getting up in time for a breakfast tailgate? I can and I will. Hey, I work for a, a company in Europe now. I get up early. My life is very different now, you guys. <laughs> I can get up early now. My dog doesn't let me sleep in. So yes, let's get let's have a breakfast tailgate. I will devote my entire day to this. I I, I desperately wait for playoff soccer. 
the cauldron in the so we playoffs, have a blue testament tailgate i'm not sure that everyone here i think a lot there are people listening that have been to many games but there is just that and they've been to many playoff games but i'm telling you there is just a the it's the level of desperation that is in the air in the cauldron just the the sheer will of everyone in this area doing everything they can like everyone in this area legitimately believes that if i sing loud enough that this team is going to score a goal because we have helped them and it is just the most beautiful thing in the world and everyone needs to experience it i'm so here for it i will devote my entire sunday to it i don't even are the chiefs even playing that day who cares i don't even know they'll be fine they they moved the chiefs game to be out of the way of sporting Oh, that was this one. Oh, they flexed. I did see that the game got flexed. That was this one. Cool. Cool. Perfect. Look at That's that. That's my story, at least. That is why they did it. Okay, nice. So, sat Sunday, David, breakfast tailgate. You making me breakfast or what, man? Oh, shit. We'll, we'll talk. I'll text you. He's, he, he, over, <laughs> he overstepped. He, he's overpromising. Well, I got to... I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that... You'll, uh, you're going to be there shooting? Most likely. Most likely. I'm going to need more from you, buddy. It's playoffs. I, hey, the way they do credentials, I don't know that I'll be there. I don't see they would turn me down at this oh, point. But is that why you're not excited? You don't have it guaranteed yet? I'm excited for the game. I'll, I'll, I'll be there one way or the other, but just whether or not I'm shooting. You just don't want to give me the satisfaction of seeing you get excited on this podcast. You know, when they win MLS Cup, you'll see me excited. Okay. We're going to record... I'm- <laughs> yeah i i have very much lived my life by the it's the hope that kills you so yes i have hope i have good feelings about things but i don't let it get too carried away until it's that moment and you might see me cry on the field when they if they win an mls cup don't get me wrong right but i just try not to have like the highs be too high the lows be too low most of the time look at that he said something prophetic and i didn't even need to ask him Seems so tough And three on goals Ain't all that rough Our skipper has just been sent off Some part of strong evolve Comes off my fun fun tames Got me drinking My fun fun tames Got me drinking My fun fun tames Got me drinking Give me beer whiskey winter gin Anything to shake this Drinking. My foot, foot, teams got me drinking.